Welcome to the Everyday Citizens Tactical Podcast, Episode 24, Market and Innovation. My name is Jeremy, and as always, I will be your host. Today, I'm joined by the owner of Partisan Solutions, a company tackling firearm furniture on the innovation front. So sit back and listen up as we talk about the gun industry and the change of culture for the Second Amendment. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder yeah. Call me what you wanna but you can't call me no coward yeah. Strength in numbers, we the people still the ones with power Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder yeah. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody, and Truman, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, so I would assume probably most uh, listeners don't know who you are or what Partisan Solutions is, given that you guys are you know, newer to the game. So if you want, go ahead and kind of give everybody the backstory on you, and then let's talk about uh, what Partisan Solutions is all about. Yeah, so... Uh... I've been uh, in the industry for a little bit, uh, doing some pretty (laughs) well-covered manufacturing, uh, AR parts, all that kind of stuff, but I have kind of a passion for the industry, and I really wanted to figure out, uh, for a long time I've wanted to kind of find something that I could make into a business, kind of find a niche that was missing, and I... uh, uh, kind of the resurgence of ACOGs recently. I've really always liked the ACOGs, just the, the durability, honestly, the appearance, the, the utility of it, the fact that it's been proven out for decades now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that I saw kind of holding some of the platform back is, uh, especially with night vision and all those kinds of things, is the lack of availability on alternate piggyback red dots. Uh, one of the big things for me, at least, was uh, the RMR. Great, great optic. It's a bit dated now, mm-hmm. and especially for the price, um, it's just not super, super competitive anymore, I feel. So with Delta Point Pro style uh, mounts, the Acro style mounts, all those new dots hitting the market that are much easier to change out the battery. You don't have to change, or you don't have to remove the optic to change the battery. They've kind of got better, there's options with better glass, bigger windows. It allows kind of an old site like the ACOG to gain new legs again, which is kind of what's happening in the industry anyways. So I kind of figured out a way to start my own company. Uh, we got some things together, and I guess here we are. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I came up on the, you know, the later end of the, you know, the G-Watt era, the Marine Corps, and mm-hmm. I used the RCO both on the M16 mm-hmm. and the M4 for the longest time. Um, yeah. And the standard issue with the RCO was just the RCO. There was no top-mounted dot, and you're, and you're right, like the specific point you brought up about night vision is there's no passive aiming with your optic in night vision. Um, but as well as, I mean, 50 yards and out, it really wasn't that bad. We talk about shooting, you know, really up close. It's not horrible; it's doable. But the RCO is was a little uh, unideal in, in, in many of its other Trijicon counterparts. Um, and then the M27 IAR that the Marine Corps brought in that started using—I uh, can't remember which model it is—but it's another Trijicon, the ACOG. 
Um, that one's mm-hmm. a 4X, and it has the RMR mounted on top. And that was a real game changer with, with the RMR on top. I really liked having the RMR mounts because even right now on the civilian side, uh, my 16-inch has an LPVO with a top-mounted dot. And top-mounted dots, I feel like, just kind of give you that comfortability of shooting you know, a little closer without having to compensate for the, ma- the like the fixed magnification and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a little more ideal shooting with the RMR than it would be like an LPVO, even if it is, um, you know, change changeable on your magnification. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is kind of ironic that you've got these newer mounts like the the Unity Riser and some of these like sky high, you know, giraffe neck mounts. Mm-hmm. We're kind of going almost backwards to the old school of like the carry handle height and now this kind of like the piggyback ACOG height. Yeah. And you kind of you get the you get the super high kind of heads up modern um I guess how would you say that? the modern shooting stance. While, well, I think, yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, I think no, a lot of that comes from the change in the market, specific, specifically the civilian market. Because pre-COVID, mm-hmm. not a lot of people shot with either gas masks or night vision on. Mm-hmm. So having that higher optic mount really wasn't as big of a concern. But yeah. now that you know, gas masks, night vision, other things like that have become um, more normal to the standard civilian the market again has to change. And that's really what, you know, a lot of us are all in this game for, whether you make uh, different types of mounts and whatnot, or you're in nylon, or you're always just changing with the market and you're trying to provide the next new solution. Yeah. And I think, I mean, a lot of people call it like, what, what are we on gun culture 3.0 now? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I really like that though. I think the, the natural evolution of people really going through, you know, we were gone are the days where the average gun owners like, oh, well, I just want to be able to hunt. And then it was like, oh, I want to be able to defend my family from a home intruder. And now we're kind of like, oh, wait, I need to get serious about this and really think about what the Second Amendment really means. Yeah, and uh, I think I think social media has driven more of that change in the conversation and the outlook mm-hmm. on things in a different way than a lot of people think. Because it seems like the more that big influencers and companies get banned, the more, I'll even use the term kind of aggressive, the market mm-hmm. becomes and the mindset of like the civilian, the tactical civilian changes. Because mm-hmm. before, kind of, like, yeah. before there was really, like we all just kind of hung out, we did what we wanted, people weren't constantly fighting bands, but there was really never any reason to really progress. And then at the mm-hmm. same time, we had COVID and the the BLM Antifa rights of 2020 when social media just started cracking down and it was like kind of lit a little fuse underneath everybody's ass. Oh yeah. It's kind of ironic that it's one of those, what's well, like a rebellious teen, you know, you mm-hmm. try and crack down on them and they want to rebel even more. I think they did that, but the entire uh, culture that believes in the second amendment, it kind of, it kind of like, reminded them oh hey there are attacks on us and it's happening right now so a little bit more on partisan solutions why did you guys decide to start with the acog and more specifically you know kind of the mounts that went with that i know you said there's kind of been a resurgence of it but why that specific optic 
So I think uh, the best thing about the ACOG is, I mean, well, there's a bunch of great things about the ACOG. It's clarity. It's just a fantastic optic. And the weight is super low. And it comes back to me personally having a passion and seeing that it, really the, the company completely started when I had an ACOG. I was looking for a piggyback mount mm-hmm. uh, for a Delta Point Pro specifically. And I couldn't find one. I mean, I searched the internet for weeks, and I could not find a single thing. And I was like, how can this possibly not exist? With, like, millions of ACOGs out there, Mm -hmm. millions of Delta Point Pro pattern red dots out there, how how has this not happened before? It was just kind of funny. And I realized, hey, I know the industry well enough. I know how to machine stuff. I'm going to make this happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely think a lot of what is considered the modern industry and a lot of these smaller businesses that we've seen, and it, it, I can even say the same about ECT and our and our trauma effects, is that it really was just normal consumers at some point in time who ran into an issue that the market didn't have um, a solution for. And they're like, well, if, this, if there's not going to be a solution, I, I might as well just come up with a solution. And then it just kind of sparks from there. Absolutely. And that was, I have a lot of really good inspiration from some other guys and some help, like some real good advice and help from some other guys who started out a similar way. Um, the guys over at Otter Creek Labs suppressors are really awesome. They helped me out a lot. And then mm-hmm. kind of being inspired by groups like AXL and uh, 100 Concepts, kind of your little scrappy startups like, hey, we did it. You can too. Uh, i it's been a great inspiration for me to just do it. And it's hard to imagine because they're so big now. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know nobody from this company listens to this podcast, at least I would not imagine so. But a lot of people forget how small and basic T-Rex arms was pre-COVID, like back in like 2018-ish before then, around that time frame. Like T-Rex arms started off as literally just a holster company. All they sold was holsters. Yeah, that's true. And they just came up with a different style of holster to meet the changing market. And it wasn't for years and years before they started coming out with other products, but they started just bread and butter was holsters. And then they kind of started doing some instructional videos and some kind of like overview type videos. And then they got into more product. I mean, and now at this point, they're selling, you know, land nav, they're selling nylon, they're selling armor. I mean, they're selling a lot of stuff now at this point. It just continues to grow and grow and grow. Oh, yeah. Not only just their retail section, but their in-house products has been terribly impressive. The way that they've, that Lucas has not only been able to grow his company so well, but also have a huge hand in changing gun culture. Uh, I think he's done a fantastic job with that, with his videos and things like that. And I definitely will say that's one that, that um, especially some of his like super, super long form videos about business and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I watched those. That was another Absolutely. really good inspiration for me. And I don't think his brother Isaac gets enough credit either because mm. Isaac's videos are really good. I know it's not as cool and flashy as a lot of Lucas's videos, but... Like the T-Rex talk on, on Spotify, the podcast, and then just mm-hmm. Lucas's more technical, friendly videos that he posts. Those are phenomenal, just little bits of information that more people got to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And, and probably what they've done the best out of everything 
is their customer service. I mean, their, yeah. su- their support team is phenomenal. And I, I will, I specifically have bought things from T-Rex Arms in the past, not only just to support T-Rex Arms, but because like I know for a fact that the team is always going to take care of me. And if there's an issue, they're probably going to respond before I hit the send button. Like, I mean, they are on <laughs> sometimes. I mean, there's been times I've sent them an email 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and I'll get a response in like 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, who the hell is monitoring the request <laughs> forms right now? But they do. They're on it out there, which I, I respect. Yeah, that's cool. It shows a passion for it. And I think that's one of the things that I was really searching for. Um, I, Even though I do my main job, I am in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a surprising lack of passion in the industry from a lot of the people who work there. Sure. So that's another reason why I wanted to do this because I'm very passionate about this and uh, it's been my hobby forever uh, since I was a you know a little kid and I uh, I just wanted to be able to express that passion in a a business of people who are as passionate as I am. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Does Partisan Solutions? You guys got anything else lined up that you can talk about or just? Yeah, Any for other sure. general fields of a focus? Yeah, I'm pretty open book about that. Um, so uh, it's already on our website, but it should be coming out very soon. We've got the acro mount for the traditional rear-mounted ACOG mm-hmm. wings. So that'll be, I mean, that's right on the horizon. I've got a couple parts here right now, actually. I'm just going to verify some fits with some different types of the acro. Unfortunately, the acro pattern uh, has a little bit more variation from manufacturer to manufacturer than I thought. Mm-hmm. So I just want to verify some more stuff. So everybody's getting a finished perfect product by the time I release them. And yeah. then the logical next step after that is your front mounted one. So mm-hmm. front front mounted for the Delta point and then front mounted for the acro. And then, um, another thing, which uh, I'm kind of trying to go from most popular, most likely that somebody's got this set up to least likely. Mm-hmm. So I felt uh, tons of people got Delta Point patterns, and there's more and more Delta Point pattern dots being released mm-hmm. every day because it's just a great pattern. Um, I kind of want wanted to go from most popular to least popular and get into kind of the nitty gritty. But after so after I've got those four, I will actually have been. Uh, kind of drawing up and experimenting with a Delta Point mount for L-cans. Now, I know oh, really? <laughs> very compared to ACOGs, very few people have L-cans, but I'm a guy, I love my L-can on my, um, the, I've got a 1.5 to 6 L-can. Man, I love that optic. It's fantastic. And uh, it's just another thing where uh, there's not a whole lot of people like me out there who really want to put a Delta Point on a freaking L-can, but... I'm going to do it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I definitely look forward to your gut because I'm in the process of transitioning over to getting an ACOG on a mm. rifle. I definitely look forward to the to the front mount, uh, the front mount for that because I'll definitely piggyback a, some red dot on there. I have not quite decided on what optic I'll put on there, but something is definitely going on top, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, with you kind of being in the mainline industry and now kind of having your own thing going on and you're diving into your own world, what is probably one of the bigger things you've learned in this journey? Because you've kind of seen both sides of it now at this point. Yeah, I think uh, the 
just getting your name out there is really hard, especially what you're talking about with the social media ban stuff and all that. That's been, that's made it very difficult. It's funny. Um, I won't go into the, who our company is. We're a very, uh, the, uh, sorry, the, my main job, a uh, mm-hmm. pretty big company. Our social media following like is terrible. It sucks. It Cause is. y'all need to change that. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. And uh, people have been working on it, but it's been really hard to grow just because of all the massive, like, uh, I don't, I don't want to use the word, but like, honestly, shadow banning the, Oh, you can't be recommended those kinds of things. Uh, that's been one of the really hard things is like, how do I get my company's name out there? Now I've had some really good fortune, um, being able to meet some contacts through my normal job mm-hmm. that have, people who have really helped me out either spread the word like i really appreciate all the work you've done um spreading the, helping spread the word about my company um and just a couple other guys the otter creek lab guys and uh usa gun bunker and uh from the gun counter uh, done a really 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 good job i appreciate them spreading the word because without that it wouldn't have gotten any natural reach with how instagram does their policy now Mm-hmm. And there's, and there's a, a lot to be said about growing social media. It, it does it require people. I don't think a lot of people who post content on a normal basis and have some sort of goal on social media, whether that's their business or they just like being a, a place of education or content, whatever that might be. I don't think a lot of people understand how much time and effort actually goes into social media as a whole specifically Mm -hmm. if you're a business because your approach to social media has to be completely different like my personal social media you know the jeremy ect page i can just post my daily thoughts occurrences post videos of my chickens running around the yard like like that stuff but when you go from the business perspective it's it's a little different you got to have a little bit depending on the the image that you, you want to have you got to have a little bit more of a professional out, outlook. You know, the quality needs to be a little different. The style is different. Um, so then if you're a small person, a small company like yourself, um, or, you know, here, you're trying to manage multiple social media pages. I mean, it just, it becomes a lot. And then you got YouTube. And YouTube's a whole other different beast. Yeah, I haven't even started in that one yet. It's, YouTube is probably, I would say YouTube is probably the harder one to be in um, depending mm-hmm. on depending on what the what kind of content you're producing mm-hmm. because YouTube is so massive but at the same time like I see it right now like the ECT YouTube page is at almost 8,000 followers at this point mm-hmm. but you know I'll still post what I think is really good videos that will still only get like five or 600 views but then you'll post wow. something that's just really random or just completely standard and everybody's done it a million times and then it gets 30, 40,000 views. And you're, and you're like, well, th- none of this makes any sense. So the algorithms <laughs> are weird. It, it's, a, it's a hard thing to battle for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but getting your name out there, yeah, that's huge. My goal this year is to take ECT to SHOT Show. Um, just wow, for cool. the kind of the, the growth kind of stage of it, regardless of my thoughts on SHOT Show or anything that's happened in the past. Eventually, I just I was just kind of like, yeah, I got to get out there and just meet more people. 
Yeah, and I think honestly, that's the best thing about Shot Show. The thing, I don't, I don't personally, I don't even drink. Like I am the absolute polar opposite of a partier in general. Mm-hmm. But man, I love Shot Show. I love meeting people. I love really seeing everything in person. And that's for all the negatives of Shot Show and how it's kind of been a joke sometimes with some of the things. It is there's no better place to meet other people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And again, politics and gripes of SHOT Show aside, the people at SHOT Show are normally really, really cool. Except for oh, the absolutely. ATF booth. Nobody likes the ATF booth. Yeah, that too. But man, the memes that come off of it are The memes are fantastic. Absolutely. Can't, can't say enough good things. Um, so with, uh, with your guys' main focus right now, being the ACOG, do you see yourself diving into other, let's just call it furniture in a sense? Oh, for sure. I think it's the main focus because it's the immediate niche that I saw a personal need for and just saw a complete gap in the industry. But I definitely want to dive into other little doodads that I see a problem and I see how I can make a solution for that. I definitely want to plan on branching out kind of like T-Rex Arms has, where they just started out with holsters, and now they've got armor carriers and belts and all this other stuff. Maybe stick with probably more stuff like on the machined aluminum side or mm-hmm. machined steel, but, I mean, who knows? I, yeah. I don't want to do something that's been done a million times before because yeah. I know there's a ton of great companies doing so many good things. I don't want to try and get into any kind of crowded marketplace but uh, if I see, I'm really looking for new ideas, I'm always kind of using my own gear, shooting, trying to see what I want to see mm-hmm. or what somebody I know is like, hey, you know, why doesn't anybody make this or what do I do to do this and this? Mm-hmm. I, I, I've kind of left it pretty open-ended. Sure. Yeah, you, I mean, even though the, the website is small right now, I mean, I'm seeing it on my computer in front of you. Your website, just the homepage is very clean. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. I had a really, again, a lot of help with um, doing some things by people who are a lot better at it than me. <laughs> really, I mean, that's, that is part of the game. It's just learning from people that came before you. I mean, mm-hmm. I learned a ton just on like the kind of like the drop shipping of the apparel side and like the mm-hmm. soft goods from mm-hmm. Minuteman apparel from back uh. in like 2021. Um, we always just chatted it up and whatnot in between getting banned. And <laughs> I just picked his brain one day and that's just kind of where it took off. And then just more and more came through it. And now here we are. Yeah. Um, but no, that's awesome. What, uh, because you're like we have established, you're you're in the industry. What would you say one of your bigger gripes of the industry as a whole is, or of of larger companies? What is something that the industry needs to change? <sighs> I, it's been said to death, but there's a lot of snake oil in the industry. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of people who. <sighs> it's funny. There are certain brands that. I'm not going to get specific. There are certain brands who very legitimately like innovate and mm-hmm. there's a reason you're paying. You're not paying necessarily just for 
the physical product and the machine time and the coatings and this and that that go into it, but you're also paying for the fact that they actually did R&D to figure out, is this good or is it better or does it even work? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of companies who are spouting a lot of snake oil, but then buy cheap parts. Like, and they're no better than anybody else, and they somehow demand these huge prices or, you know, high-ish prices, but they're mm-hmm. peddling the exact same stuff. Sure. And it's just kind of frustrating. Yeah, and I think that's been, and you probably say that probably any niche in the retail industry is that yeah. we, value, we value name too much on some products. Mm-hmm. And for some products, if the product is better, it's worth the name. Oh, absolutely. But if, but if the product is the same, but marked up four or five times because of the name that's on the tag, I don't think that's fair to the consumer market. And I think, 100%. It, and I think it creates a bad uh, outlook on just gear as a whole. I, I, I never liked the short phase we went through where people were just constantly bashing others for being, you know, what we'll call it pores. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that was very, oh, I thought that was a very negative kind of phase we went through. There's a difference between kind of being critical helpfully critical or, you know, kind of, you know, what they say, busting the balls of, of your buddies and whatnot. Um, but then just to, just to straight up, just get on social media and it's just like, all right, whose comment section can I tear up today? Because, you know, their hydro carrier on the back of their plate carrier wasn't as expensive as mine today. Yeah. Like it's just, <laughs> that just seems, it was just a, a weird phase that we went through that I think we're past now, but it, it just was always weird to me to, poor shame somebody like the economy is not tough enough <laughs> oh yeah well i think there is some you know there's some shame good shaming involved like hey why did you spend why did you buy a 25 dollar amazon red dot when you could have just done with your decent iron sights or you know those crappy laser light combos or something like that and or steel armor you know mm-hmm. other bad memes that are just stupid i i'm glad people are kind of like pushing people away from that but at the same time like listen your stream light is probably uh i'm not saying just as good i hate that term because it's never just as good for the most part sure your stream light's good enough mm-hmm. for most people and your difference between a stream light and the surefire uh let's just say a weapon light mm-hmm. uh uh, like a rifle weapon light is so small that mm-hmm. it's like uh, if you really truly can't like if you can't afford the surefire get the streamlight and you're going to be happy with it and it's going to be fine yeah that's like building out your choice of building out a pristine you know daniel defense or building the equivalent build in air precision like your air mm-hmm. precision rifle is still going to do well oh yeah um or you know, the other thing that drives me crazy is people that put areas of focus, way too much area focus into an area of gear and then completely neglect other ones. Like if, <laughs> yeah. Like if you just built your fourth $1,500 rifle uh, and you are still rocking a Baofeng, it's time to stop building rifles and upgrade literally any other part of your kit. Well, that's another thing. You, you got to... Um... I think that's another really good thing about kind of the new generation of gun culture is it has moved from just gun culture to preparedness culture. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you've got some freaking super Gucci guns, but what do you have to support that? 
Sure, absolutely. And, and there's nothing wrong with owning many rifles by any means. Oh, yeah. it's, it's always if you're good a collector. Have, if that's your thing, freaking do it. If you're a collector or you just are fortunate enough to be in a good financial position to where you can just continue to build some just good midline rifles and you put them to the side oh, yeah. for handouts or backups later, hey, awesome. More power to you, 100%. Yeah. But, you know, there's eventually a point where it's like, or if you have, you know, three separate kits. It's like I have three separate kits, but uh, I don't own good wool socks. I'm still rocking like, <laughs> you know, some poly Walmart socks. It's like, dude, buy a good pair of socks. It's yeah. the little things that really add up that I think a lot of people, and we're, st- and we're moving away from that, I should say. And, you know, the more people kind of push the changing culture are on social media, the better. But there's so many little minute things about this whole game of preparedness mm-hmm. and this get ready for whatever happens type thing that there's, there's, there's so many small details. And people are coming awake to it. But there's so many small details that matter so much more outside of what is your third purpose-built rifle going to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think what you said really kind of hits the nail on the head with the wool socks. I think that's like a really minor thing, mm-hmm. but it shows. I think there a, a big reason why a lot of people have their four Gucci guns or whatever, and they don't have a decent pair of socks. They don't have like a patrol bag or something like that. They don't have a you know, a rain jacket or whatever. Is because they don't use it. Mm-hmm. They have never gone out into a situation where they can tell the difference between a cotton t-shirt and a Gore-Tex jacket. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people, they go to the range and they uh, their their access to a range is uh, some ultra fud tier. You can't shoot more than one round every two seconds indoor range at 25 yards. Well, if that's the only place you're ever going to. Uh, bring out your guns and stuff like who cares about your socks who cares about all that stuff Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that people are talking about but the second you want to go out and hike around in the woods or something you're gonna know that your socks suck pretty freaking quick for sure yeah there's a there's a big difference between like you went and did like maybe like a little hour patrol with your buddies and your socks really don't matter and then you going on like a two-day backpacking trip and you're like oh wow my socks have a major effect on literally everything I'm doing right now. Oh yeah. Or even like, I don't carry enough water or I don't, you know, this backpack really doesn't fit with my plate carrier or my back for, this is, this is for everybody listening. My favorite socks are the darn tough wool crew socks. I, they were first introduced to me by wandering Hoosier and they are expensive. They are 25 bucks a pair. But if you buy one pair of socks every month or even every other month until you can no longer buy socks because Amazon doesn't exist anymore or the Chinese people shut down the internet, you will have you will have socks. Like it's just small <laughs> it's just small things like that. It's like, hey, you have 50 I, I need pairs of socks. Yeah. I need <laughs> just ten pairs of good socks. Cool. Set a goal this month, next year, I will have at least 10 pairs of these nice wool socks. And then you will never have to, you'll never have to buy socks again, really. Because if you set these aside just for training or like real life stuff, and you just wear your normal socks on a normal basis, you never have to worry about tearing them up. Oh, yeah. 
But these, I mean, for me, I'm giving darn tough a shout out. These socks are awesome. They breathe well. They dry out nicely. They're comfortable. My feet have never gotten, you know, messed up or blistered in a pair of, of these socks. I love these socks. They're expensive, it's awesome. but it's awesome. Dude, I think I just I really feel that there's some gear that when you use it, you're like, I am so passionate about this because it's so good. Other people have to know how good this is. I know. And some people just don't know. It's like you said, like some people just yeah. go to the range and that's about all of their exposure. Not everybody has somebody in their life or their, you know, preparedness group, whatever it is, that's like truly exposing people to the multifaceted front that is preparedness or uh, anything operational or anything like that. If you don't have somebody that exposes you to all that, you just, you don't know. So you can't knock them a hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but if you know, and then you ignore it, that is the issue that you have Different. to address. Yeah. Well, and that's, I guess that's my point of bringing that whole thing up is just like the whole realization of like, Hey, I need to go use this gear to figure out what I need and not just collect a bunch of stuff around my house, mm-hmm. but really go figure it out. And if you don't live in a place where it's socially acceptable to like have a gun on you while you're out in the woods, number one, you should probably move. But sure. number two, uh, maybe just go hiking. Like do like go hiking with your family. If you didn't grow up camping, go camping. If you didn't grow up being in the woods, go out in the woods, find somewhere, learn those skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's most of this stuff you can do for free on your own. Oh time. yeah, yeah. You can't. It's it's harder to you know find the space to take ten dudes and do you know reaction contact drills. Yeah, that's that's harder. But you, pretty much anywhere in almost any state, you can go into the wilderness somewhere and collect mm-hmm. creek water and purify it, and then make some dehydrated food next to a fire you started next to, you know, the, the tarp structure that you put up or the bushcraft structure you put up. And you did all of that because you hiked three miles into the woods and then you're going to hike out three miles tomorrow. And just most of that stuff you can do for free. And that, and that kind of stuff, and I guess uh, this kind of goes into a different aspect of all of this that a lot of people don't talk about is that develops a mental discipline within mm. within you. Doing that kind of stuff it's not that every single day of your life is going to be collecting creek water and then, you know, putting it into dehydrated food, but just going out and doing that and making yourself do those tasks develops discipline. And it, it, it almost triggers a portion of your mind that lights a little fire under your ass. And it's like, these are the things that matter. This is the stuff I need to be good at. Well, you're doing stuff that makes your primal monkey brain happy, you yes. know? If, like, we, part of us is still meant to be out there surviving in the woods. Mm-hmm. Modern life is so cushy now that we don't feel uh, aches and pains and uh, hunger and thirst. And, you know, the, I'm speaking for the vast majority of Americans here, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that stuff is so good for us to feel adversity. And honestly, that stuff's pretty fun. If you start enjoying it, take your wife, take your kids. If you don't have a wife or kids, take your friends. Uh, it's it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. we are not meant to be 
soft and cushiony and desensitized. No. We, or I guess you'd say too sensitive. I don't know what the word for that. Like every single, every single day I lay down to go to bed at night mm-hmm. and I breathe real heavy like four or five times because my body's finally relaxing. My fiance's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, but I love it. <laughs> like I wake up and I will, I just work myself to death from the minute I wake up to the minute I lay down to go to bed at 10, 1030 at night. But I absolutely love it. I would not have it any other way. It's a great way to live just to the fullest. It is. You, you feel accomplished even though I feel like I never got, I never, I never get everything done because I just continue to add tasks to my life. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, good. I did not waste the day. I can't tell you the last time I didn't do anything in a day. And that's not a flex by any means or like me trying to say like, you know, I'm better than everybody listening because all I do is just some sort of project or some sort of work. But like, I like just working or doing something, whether it's like, the group stuff, whether it's business stuff, whether it's farm stuff, whether it's the gym. I just like doing stuff. Oh, yeah. Just keeping yourself occupied with good things. I think that's a that's another thing, too. We, we fill our lives so much with entertainment. And entertainment's empty. Entertainment's fun. I mean, it's, it's a good sometimes thing. But I think so many people's lives have become obsessed with just being entertained. Yeah. And I think... You know, most people that normally say anything like, oh, you work too much, you need to relax, blah, blah, blah. Those are the types of people that it's like, oh, well, what did you do today? They're like, oh, well, I watched six episodes of The Office today. And it's like, why? Cool. What did, that, what did that do? What did that do for you? Yeah. Nothing. Sit down and watch an episode or two. Yeah, sure. But like just to sit in front of a TV or a gaming console, just all day all day that would drive you nuts yeah it's pretty wild it's funny you bring up so i used to be a pretty big like computer gamer Mm -hmm. a long time i spent way too much time in college on uh video games and stuff like that i i'll tell you i have ultimate access to whatever i want to do i'm an adult like (laughs) i could do whatever i want I haven't sat down and played video games in like a year and a half, which sometimes I kind of miss it. But like, on the other hand, it's like, I got stuff to do, man. It's cool. I still enjoy it, but it's like, I got better things to do. Yeah. That's kind of how I was when like in high school, a little bit, my earlier high school days, not my later high school days. Like I was completely content sitting down and just playing video games all night long or like a snow day. (laughs) Like, I love Mm. that shit. And then even when I moved to the Marine Corps, like, you know, it's the weekends and the weather's crappy and, like, we're not doing anything in the barracks. Like, yeah, I'll just sit in my room and just play video games all day. Like, that was fine. But, like, once I got out and I'm an adult and a civilian, and it's like, I can do literally anything now. Like, sitting down and playing video games all day just wasn't appealing to me. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, though. I don't know if I'll ever reach the high again of there's a you 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 stay up all morning waiting for the TV announcer to say that there's a snow day and you just know that whole day. <laughs> my big thing was Minecraft. Like my early high school oh, days, man. I loved Minecraft. I can think of many days, like many snow days, where I easily spent like eight nine a.m. like right after you know we're all 
We're all awake now from that snow day. And I just play till late, late, late at night. Damn near the next day. And you're just that's glued so in with your yeah. buddies. Like, oh, and yeah. there's, and that's fine. And th- those are the types of things that's it's it's really cool in moderation. There's nothing when wrong you were playing a kid, video games. Like it's a bit different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're a kid, it's different. And you know, even in as an adult, you play video games. There's nothing wrong yeah, with that. It's all about it. it's all about in moderation. Moderation. Yeah, moderation. You as a human are not meant to just stare at the screen. Yeah. But. I don't know. I think I also tend to notice there's a difference in the outlook or perspective of people when you talk about this kind of stuff. Like someone who just plays video games a lot, like I'm talking a lot, like something we Mm -hmm. would probably consider an unhealthy amount, doesn't think of the world or responsibilities in the same way that you and I probably would. They're not not self-aware of the dangers of the world. They're not preparing for what could happen they're not they don't realize how fragile the dollar is and, and having that kind of mindset that knowledge is both a blessing and a curse because mm-hmm. i see tons of just my my normie friends all the time that just live life day by day no concerns they don't spend money on preps and gear and all these crazy projects they just live their life and it's sometimes it's like man that's really cool like I, I, I wonder what would be different if I was like that. But then there's other times where I'm like, screw that. That looks horrible. Like that that will bite you in the butt eventually. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like they say, ignorance is bliss, but bliss isn't always good. Bliss is good until it's not. Yeah. Bliss is good until you have to stand in line for bread. Oh, 100 percent. And we're getting closer and closer to those times, if not already in those times, depending on where you live. Yeah. It's even like, so for everybody that does not know this, today's episode is being recorded on June 8th. Uh, it's Thursday. And yesterday was the day that all of those orange images came out of New York. That was so eerie, like apocalyptic eerie. Oh, yeah. Have you seen the newer uh, the newer Blade Runner? Yeah. Uh, no pretty solid but it looks it's so funny because when those pictures were coming out of new york there's a part of the movie where they go to i think it's las vegas like mm-hmm. apocalypse las vegas it looks identical like straight up like identical we're putting on the tinfoil hat for this however i saw a really interesting map last night it showed the path of travel for the east palestine trail uh, trail carts that were burned mm-hmm. and the smoke pattern goes up into Pennsylvania and then into New York and through the Northeast and then into Quebec before it decimates off. And then you mm-hmm. look at the, at the smoke pattern from these wildfires and it traces the East Palestine fires, the opposite direction. What? It was super weird. It's kind of wild. It's wild. Like I said, you got to put your tinfoil hat on for that one. But it was I'm not, I'm not saying anything, but it was just weird. It was very weird. Yeah. I don't know. I it, it kind of like resonates with me with the whole thing where they kept talking about climate change lockdowns. Like, is this kind of what that's going to look like? Or Well, they're putting people back in masks you know, in New York you know, today. Yeah. They were telling people to wear well, masks this time, in their legitimately, house. That's probably not a terrible idea this yeah, time. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a horrible idea this time. <laughs> Although, 
I mean, it really depends. For this, for this, it's probably not as bad. Like most of your, like facial respirators, like uh, or filters, like N95s and stuff like that, you're only doing so much, if not anything, from smoke. Like yeah, I had this conversation. Yeah, I had this conversation with Jonathan earlier on the phone. A lot of people think that like your gas mask will protect you from like smoke from like a fire. That is true to a very, 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 very minor extent. Really? Yeah. Your gas mask is not fire rated for like smoke and all that. Hmm. Um, plus, like, like the that's why firemen have oxygen tanks then because you breathe straight from that. Right. That's what I was telling Jonathan right. earlier because that's what okay. he said. He's like, well, how do firemen get away with that? I was like, well, you, we have the SCBAs, the self-contained breathing mm-hmm. apparatuses. Mm-hmm. It's just a tank of clean air. Whereas if you're wearing like a gas mask or some sort of respirator on your face, you're still breathing the outside air, just it passed through essentially a filter. But that filter can only take so much, especially when you're talking about like the smoke in New York. Oh, like, yeah. You're, you're not filtering all of that out, unfortunately. Oh. I guess I've never thought about that. That's, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, smoke, smoke and like the carbon particles in the air is completely different than like what would be like normal virus or bacterial droplets that we think of when we think about like medicine and health. Like I said, it will be like a chemical spill or something that that gas max is designed for. Yeah. Like it'll, it'll, it'll protect you for some period of time. Cause like even like people who work in like a, like the industries where like they ha- they do like a lot of industrial painting or they work with like a lot of drywall and stuff like those yeah. those masks will protect you from particles for a while of time but you know they're not <laughs> they're not permanent by any means mm-hmm. yeah it's oh. interesting to think about yeah and that's and that's i guess another thing that we're i was talking about with jonathan earlier um i know everybody listening doesn't know who jonathan is it's just a mutual friend of me and truman's here but is that you know you people have to you have to really understand your gear and like what it's meant to do and we could say that mm-hmm. for like the firearms we could say that about gas masks we could say that about radios like we talk about it for anything you really got to understand what your gear is supposed to do mm-hmm. but yeah oh yeah well, i think that's uh, that's another thing about going out and really using it and proving it I always think of the funniest thing is when people, uh, this kind of like getting all the way back into the gun industry, but it, it's it goes back to the old myth of like, oh, AKs are infinitely reliable and ARs, if you spit on them, they'll just fail all over the place. It's like, mm-hmm. have you ever used those systems mm-hmm. like in adverse conditions? Like, have you ever tried to like gum them up? Have you ever, like a good running AR will perform so freaking well, even in pretty garbage conditions and you know what i've seen a jammed ak yeah (laughs) yeah especially in today's day and age where like everything on an ar is so much better than it was 10 15 years ago yeah even at the cheaper levels and then even like if we look at rail systems i was reading about this the other day i mean even between m-lock and quad rails there's very, 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 very minute differences between them at this point. Whereas when like M-Lock first came out, it had some questionable performance behind it in comparison to the quad rails. But now like the M-Lock's been out so long and it's developed so much that 
I mean, it truly is a, a very reliable rail system. Oh, yeah. I mean, check the uh, the Daniel Defense RIS-3 that just came out. I mean, this thing's yeah. an absolute tank. I think that thing's probably... I, if I were to guess from my... So I've got some engineering background and things like that. If I were to guess, I would say that that RIS-3 is probably stronger than the RIS-2. Not just lighter, but like not just like, oh, it's advertised to be stronger because that's the perfect advertising tool but legitimately if you're to really rag and beat on that thing i would say that thing's probably stronger than the wrist 2 was even though it's lighter mm-hmm. yeah the the industry as a whole has definitely come a long way oh yeah and so long the as coatings like, have come a long way yeah but well truman uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Was there anything else you wanted to kind of highlight or even talk about with, with partisan, you know, the floor is yours with that. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I just, uh, if you guys would give me a follow on Instagram, like I said, the, uh, the algorithm's pretty against the whole gun community right now. That's uh, partisan solutions, uh, partisan with a Z. Uh, if you want to check out the website, um, I can, uh, this coming weekend i'll have a discount code up just check out the instagram for that discount code uh for you guys if you want to uh, if you want to buy anything uh, that's great if you just want to support and like the page that'd be that'd be awesome as well um and stay tuned for all those new products coming i'm trying to get them out as soon as i can but uh should be sooner than later for sure awesome you guys can find the, the the direct link or username to his Instagram uh, down low down low in the description. So definitely give him a follow. Show, show him some love. And if you don't have an ACOG, you know a follow goes a, a long way in overcoming the unfortunate uh, algorithms that we always have to fight with. <laughs> cool. Well, Truman, thanks for coming on, buddy. Uh, I really appreciate it. And hopefully, you know we've been able to give you some good support out of this. Yeah, I really appreciate it, Jeremy. This is, uh, it's always good talking to you. And, uh, um, yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. That's all I've got for episode 24 Market and Innovation. As always, train hard, train often. Tell me, turn it down, and I'm going only turn up louder. Yeah. Call me what you wanna, but you can't call me no coward. No. Strength in numbers, we the people, still the ones with power. Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours. <laughs>